This is the blueprint on how to run Facebook ads and scale to six-figure months and beyond. Hi, I'm Jared Krause. I'm the host of the Buying Online Business podcast, and today I'm speaking with Andrew Hubbard, who is a social media agency founder who specializes in helping online education companies and coaches scaling using paid traffic. With tens of millions of dollars spent across Facebook and Instagram, he's able to share unique insights and learnings that come from being in the trenches, testing, iterating, and innovating at scale. In this podcast episode, Andrew and I specifically talk about how he bought his first online business from Flipper, which is a total curveball. I did not expect him to be buying a business from Flipper. We talk about his experience and what his actual goal with it was and compare that to what maybe your goal is when you're looking at buying a business and what you should and shouldn't be doing. We also talk about Facebook ad strategy, how to get cold traffic, how to get warm traffic, how to get opt-ins and how to get sales, how to actually make an ROI from your ads. We also talk about different types of remarketing and when should you actually start remarketing in your strategy and your process of running paid ads. Then we move on to talk about Facebook ad creative tweaks from video, images, headlines, offers, and call to actions. Also talk about the mindset of not getting an ROI from your ads right away and why you should be focusing on data and the mindset around that. And then we also talk about how to set your Facebook account up so it doesn't get shut down because it comes in waves and a lot of people do have their ad accounts shut down. So you wanna make sure you're up to their policies as well. Now there's so much value in this podcast episode. We also talk about buying an online business. Andrew actually went away and did his own DD when buying online business, but did say he probably missed a lot of things and should have done DD probably a bit better. So if you are looking to buy a business, make sure you get our due diligence framework is what I and all my clients use to go away and buy buy great online businesses. You can get that by going to buyingonlinebusinesses.com forward slash free resources. Check out that framework and there's awesome other resources on that page too and there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Let's dive into the episode. Andrew, welcome to the Buying Online Businesses podcast. Thanks for having me, Jared. Excited to be here. I'm excited for our chat as well. It's not very often that we chat to Aussies on podcasts these days. Nothing against anybody else because I love who I get, the, the breadth of people that I get to speak to. And the first question I asked you even before I hit the record buttons, and I asked this to most guests just about, is have you ever bought or sold any businesses? And funnily enough, you had an answer that sort of enlightened me a bit. Tell me, um, yeah, have you ever bought or sold businesses before? Yeah, so I bought my first one this year. Uh, Congrats. So my wife and I, yeah, thank you. It was it was an interesting experience. So my wife and I have a business uh, in the parenting space, like parenting and newborn development and stuff like that. And so we started a brand new blog. And one of the things I wanted to do was accelerate that process. So mm. I actually bought a small blog from Flipper. 99% of the reason I bought it, was for the backlinks. So, uh, it cost us about 1500 US dollars oh, okay. um, for that one. It was generating no revenue or anything, yeah. but had a bit of traffic, had some some reasonable backlinks, had a lot of junk in there too. And I probably butchered the due diligence process. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we ended up buying it and, uh, and doing that. Congrats. So, $1,500 got you some backlinks. Sometimes you can buy one backlink for $1,500. Obviously, right. it depends on the the backlink, right? So your goal was to buy one for the backlinks, but tell me about your experience in the purchasing 
of it? How was it? What was it like to go through a flipper? What was it like to do due diligence? And and what do you think? I don't know. Like I'm open to do this discussion. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you have any questions for me as well? Like I'm happy to help if 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 I can because I'm sure it's valuable <laughs> for people listening. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I was going in pretty blind. Like, you know, I'd read a little bit here and there and I'd started different websites in the past and built them up in terms of traffic, mm. but I'd never bought anything. So, it was interesting going to Flipper and like it was kind of a, a bit of a black box, man. I'd heard things about Flipper yeah. too. Like I was looking everywhere, like Micro Acquire and, you know, lots of different places. But I found this one on Flipper, very cheap. It was kind of a no-brainer to, to do. And yeah, I'd heard about Flipper in particular as being one where you've got to be really careful with due diligence. And to be honest, at that price point, I kind of just looked through the backlinks, mm. checked to make sure it wasn't full of spam. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a couple of, uh, I had a couple of DR80s, I think, two DR80 plus, and then, you know, like, I know, probably 10 at, at 40 to 50 plus yeah. and a bunch of others. And so I just went, oh, well, like worst case, I lose 1500 bucks. Uh, let's do it and we'll see how we go. Um, so probably not the best, <laughs> not the best <laughs> in terms of following that process. If it was a five, ten, you know, $10,000 plus uh, purchase, definitely would have done yeah. this differently. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And so is it generating any traffic? We're just starting to get traffic now overall. Um, yeah. So I redirected all of that. Uh, recreated, rebuilt a few pages that were relevant and, you know, directed those links directly, but the others just generic 301 redirects to either yeah. we've taken over this site page or directly to the homepage. It was really, I don't know, it's been really, it's been weird. We got good traffic to start with, like it built pretty quickly and then it kind of just dropped off a cliff mm. and I thought, have we been penalised? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then it picked up again, massive spike, dropped again, and now it's picked up again. So I... okay. No manual penalties, nothing like that. I don't know what's going on, but it's it's growing quickly. Definitely quicker than if we started, you know, and how brand old, new domain, fresh how old site. Was it? Yeah, yeah, it was brand new. So, oh, the existing website that we the, bought, yeah, it was uh, it was like five to six years old. Oh, okay. it had been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And what did, sort of what dr did the uh, domain have that you on the site that you bought? Yeah, it was thirty something, oh, okay. thirty six ish. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really too bad. Good. It's yeah. kind of like buying an expired domain that it's not expired. <laughs> yeah, e- exactly. That's kind of how I was looking yeah. at it. I was like, yeah. it's kind of like buying an expired domain. Uh, it, um, yeah, the content was pretty rubbish. Yeah. I wasn't really interested in that. So literally, it was the domain and the and the links. Yeah. So you, so you bought you bought a domain, and I'm glad that we sort of clarified that because people are listening in um, and they're new to the space and like, oh, I could buy a site for fifteen hundred dollars, right. For people listening, please, please, please understand what your goal is. And I I get this regularly in just conversations with people in our community. People forget what their goal is and then they hear something and and go, oh, I could do this or I could do that. And it's not actually that strategy or vehicle is not going to help them get to their goal. For example, if their goal is to buy an online business that makes them money so they can replace their income, if you're going to buy a $1,500 domain, or small website, chances are that it's still at that 90% failure rate and your goal is to make money. Your goal through this domain or site that you bought was not actually to make money. So you understood your goal, but most people may misinterpret what they should be doing towards hitting their goal. And I'm I'm a big believer of buying something for, you know, five to 10K plus or save at least until people can get to that range because then you have some more meat on the bone and you've got a proof of concept because 90% of the stats are that 90% of all starts fail. So, And people that do this, I mean, you, you're you in the space, right? You've been in online business for a while. People that do this, most people that do this are brand new. And to buy something that's a startup and it's brand new, you've got 
a lot of a lot of work to learn around like <laughs> yeah yeah oh, 100% yeah if i bought this site with the goal of like making money with it you know and just building it out and making money i think it would have been a terrible purchase mm. but when you look at it through the lens of I was only buying it as an accelerant. Like I was just going mm -hmm. to get this thing and it was a shortcut instead of building links mm -hmm. and waiting, you know, to kind of, I don't know if the Google sandbox is really a thing or not, but you know, yeah, it is. we had a brand new domain. So like instead of waiting six to 12 months to kind of get out of that Google sandbox and then paying to build links essentially, whether it's through my time or mm. purchasing them through a service, I just 1500 bucks, buy this thing, plug it in and it's an accelerant for that you know, other website versus expecting to build out this thing and make money for yeah. sure. Yeah. Cool. Congrats, man. That's great. So Cheers. you bought a site and you're building your, your blog as well. It's, and, and it's helping um, with that, but I yep. got you on for a completely different reason uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> to, to talk about paid ads. People would have heard already in the intro uh, about your career and what you actually do. Yep. Um, and I've got a lot of questions around, around paid ads. You're mostly helping people with Facebook ads or do you do Google as well? Primarily Facebook or yep. Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Yep. Okay, cool. And so I wanted to ask you what's a, I wouldn't say typical, but what's one of your standout sort of case studies of a client on the results of what, where they were when they came to you and, and the results you got? Cause I'd love to break that down and. Typically, when we do this in a podcast, going through the steps helps people go, oh, wow, like these are the things that I could go, they're the steps that I could take to help my yeah. my business improve. And we're talking about mostly e-commerce businesses, right? Uh, so for me, I mostly do courses, coaching, coaching consultants, yeah. all of that kind of the stuff. Digital yeah. products. Digital products. Okay. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yep. All right. So let's get into a case study. Mm. Um, so probably one of my favorites was we started working with a company who was selling a um, they were selling a digital product online course four ninety seven um, in the business space. Um, when I started working with them, they were spending probably like two to three thousand dollars a month, and they were doing okay. Like they were you know profitable on that. They were probably about two to one on their ad spend. So you know few thousand dollars a month in profit on that ad spend uh, in terms of course sales. That's good. Yeah, not bad. Like they were quite happy with that. But every time they tried to scale, they were really struggling. Mm. Um, so I came in, we started working with them. And um, within three months, we really started to scale pretty quickly. And we can break down, I'll give you a high level overview of kind of what happened. And then we can break down, like you said, into how we actually did it. Yeah, cool. Within three months, we're spending around $20,000 a month uh, on those ads. And, you know, we're, we're well above two to one. So we're about $50,000 a month in, uh, awesome. in profit on that. Awesome. Uh, within eight months, we'd grown that one. We're spending six figures. So we're spending $100,000 a month plus uh, at better than two to one. So we're hitting like three to one return on ad spend on that. On that one cool. um, and there were, there were multiple things we did across the board with that so something else that I focus on is we look at the Facebook ads obviously in in great detail but I also like working with businesses to help them look at well how do we how do we actually increase our revenue per email subscriber that we're bringing in and mm -hmm. how do we how, how do we increase our you know overall profitability so that we can spend more on ads without chewing into margins and, and you know really squeezing uh, squeezing the, the net profit. A lot of people get this, don't do this very well, I believe. I love mm. email. Most of the people that join my membership or our membership yep. is uh, through email because uh, yep. I love email marketing. Whereas most people are like just spend money on ads and try and get people in with retargeting ads and stuff like that rather yep. than 
putting some emphasis on like, hey, do some remarketing via your email campaigns. Is that what you're talking about there? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And looking at like what's happening when people are coming into your email list. Like, what's the journey? are you just sending them five emails and yeah. saying, buy my thing, buy my thing, buy my thing, and then never <laughs> talking to them again? Because that's not really... <laughs> Yeah. That's not really an effective way to do that, right? You're spending, let's say you're spending $8 a lead. If you email them five times over the course of a week, try to sell them your thing and then you never never touch that lead again and you go out then just continually buying leads, yeah. there is so much money left on the table because you could be spending time, you know, it doesn't cost you any, well, it's, the cost is marginal to mm. keep, you know, in touch with these people through your email list and email them on a weekly basis or whatever and nurture those people and eventually get them decent percentage of them to become customers. Yeah. Uh, versus just continually buying new leads uh, with this very short, uh, short-sighted approach to sales in mind. Yeah. And even that five, part email sequence as soon as somebody gets on your list is very short-sighted as well i just don't feel yep. any it's a lot of people in society but also a lot of people in businesses just don't know how to play the long game and feel yep. like they need the instant gratification yeah spend you know you know tens of thousands of dollars in this case 100 or so k a month on ads but wait four months and have them be on your email list and like, hey, let's just be mates and hang out on the email list and let me share some cool things with you until you realize like I'm a good dude, like come right. and work with me sort of thing. <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, I actually know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm not just here for like one and done, buy my thing and then I'm never going to talk to you again or, right. you know, I'm actually here to provide helpful information regardless of whether you give me money or not. Right, like it's um, it's crazy the way people do it. It goes back to that saying, you know, they always say it's um, much cheaper to uh, sell to an existing customer than yeah. it is to acquire a brand new customer. Certainly, certainly, yeah. I will see. So we we run sometimes YouTube ads, and with that, we'll have people just stay on the list for you know, listen to my podcast for a year, and then yep. they'll go, oh, I've just been listening and watching for a whole year, and it's like it's my time now to go. Sometimes right. the when people opt in to a, a free thing from a Facebook ad as well, is like they want it, but they they might not actually be ready to purchase the course or in the right time period because like they just had a baby or they're about to get married in two months or something like that. But you're not running emails and they're not on your email list. It's You've just wasted that money spent on acquiring that lead, right? 100%. 100%. And you think of what percentage are actually going to be ready. Like <laughs> when you're talking about at scale, the number of leads you're trying to acquire, it might be like 5% are, are actually ready. Mm. And then of that, how many are actually going to trust you enough to buy from you within five days? You know, that, <laughs> the percentage drops even more. And then people go, well, I wonder why my Facebook ads aren't profitable. Like we need to change, mm. tweak this, tweak that. And it's like, well, you know, it might be overall strategy versus just tweaking something, you know, in the ads. So you've got strategy and tactics. So talking about, yeah. you know, tactics are changing things in the ad and tweaking things on the landing page, which I'll get to and, and probably want to ask a few questions around that, you know, mm-hmm. during our chat today. But strategy, one big part of the strategy is having some remarketing, obviously remarketing ads set up and, and obviously email marketing set up. Is there any parts of a good strategy or pieces that you would put together to have a good overall strategy when you're going into running a campaign other than those two things? Yeah. So, as you said, like the way I kind of build it out, I would always start with remarketing. So, I'd start there, like assuming, you know, assuming your audience here are are buying a website, buying a business, 
uh, and they're starting to build that out in terms of getting more traffic to it and, you know, really growing growing that side of things, mm. always start with a remarketing strategy because that's the low-hanging fruit. Like in terms of what we were just talking about, where people kind of, they need to get to know you, they need to trust you, they need to feel like, oh, yeah, like Jared's a good dude. I'm going to I'm gonna think about, you know, maybe buying from him one day. Mm. Um, so remarketing is that low-hanging fruit. You can spend you know, a few hundred dollars a month in a lot of cases and generate good returns from that because all you're doing is the people who are regularly visiting your website or the people who are, you know, regularly consuming your content, just using those ads to bring them onto your email list and eventually pitching them on on something can be really, really profitable. It's it's the most mm-hmm. basic strategy. It's easy, low-hanging fruit that's there. Problem is it's not scalable, but it's a great place to start. Then in terms of strategy, what I like to do is I always like to have a piece and a very small portion of the budget purely goes to promoting content, especially video content. So if you're producing any type of content, whether it's audio, uh, whether it's blog, whether it's ideally, you know, video, um, just spending a few dollars a day and like I would say, you know, maybe five, ten dollars a day promoting that out using Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, or whatever platform you like. Like you said, you use YouTube. That's great too. But we, we you know, focus on Facebook and Instagram. So that's the channel that we go with. And it's purely just to bring the new people in. Like I said before, I like to accelerate the process wherever I can. And so, you know, if you're out there building this business, trying to get Google traffic, uh, a quick way to get eyeballs on that business in a short period of time uh, is just promoting content. So like if you've got videos, promoting them via Facebook ads. I cut them up into short videos, one to two minute videos, um, little snippets of content, and then promoting them. You know, you can pay one to two cents for a 15 second view on that video with a yeah. Facebook ad. Yeah. Um, and then that's going to feed remarketing as well. So that's kind of the second step that I would look at in terms of strategy. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, the, the next piece of that strategy would be, okay, let's talk about how are we going to bring cold people in, get them on the email list, and start to, you know, start to turn them into customers that way. So you're saying with the remarketing, that's repurposed contents, short yep. videos and, and, and whatnot. So with cold, this is where the larger scalability comes into it, right? It's the top of the top of the funnel type thing. Are you doing content marketing to that or how are you trying to get people on an email list fast? What sort of yeah. you know, work are you doing to get cold? To get cold? So that's... But that's where we would look at, okay, what kind of free thing can we offer? Whether it's a checklist, a cheat sheet, you know, some people do webinars, whatever that may be. And it comes down to what's best for your audience. People always say, what's the best free thing to offer? Mm-hmm. Really depends on the audience, what they prefer, what stage they're at along that sort of buying journey mm-hmm. as well. But we figure out what's that best thing we can offer them. And then we go out and start promoting that and having some kind of sequence on the back of that. So that's that's where we'd move into that sort of area. Cool. Cool. Okay. We've got an overall strategy, get people in cold onto the email list with promoting something for free. And then once they're in the sort of atmosphere in your area, then you can remarket to them with more content. And then if they haven't got on the email list, they can, you know, start to get on the email list and then you make a bunch of sales through email. And then eventually do you have like a, a sales campaign as well, like a remarketing sales campaign further down the line, or do you, are you just running running it mostly to get email. We do. So it depends on on what the sales funnel or sales sequence looks like for any yeah. business. Um, but most businesses will have some kind of sales funnel in place, whether it's an email series, whether it's a video series or a challenge or whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, and so we definitely do that. So we bring them in with our free 
offer, free lead magnet. And then depending on timing, we do have retargeting set up then and we want to show it at the right time to, you know, promote whatever our, our offer is. So if we're selling, you know, if we're selling into a course and we're offering a discount for a limited time, then we would have ads time specifically targeting just those people who are in the in the funnel at that period of time yeah. to promote that offer. Say, hey, this is open or hey, you know, 50% off is available for this time. Mm-hmm. The problem with it is since iOS 14.5 came out tracking years sucks. back, <laughs> tracking sucks. And so it's really, unless you've got volume, like unless you've got hundreds of people seeing that offer at that time, mm. it's really hard to get those ads in front of people now. It's like, you know, you've got to have a, a decent size audience. Uh, so at smaller scales, like if you're just dipping your toe in the water with this and just starting to get into cold traffic and, and starting to get that up and running, often we don't go with that remarketing, yeah. uh, purely because the audience will be too small. We'll try it, but yeah. often we just won't get delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I've, uh, I've got a client who has turned off Facebook ad or turned off Facebook ads and like just with an agency they were using and really didn't see that much difference in the sales because yep. they the tracking just wasn't reporting well or correctly. <laughs> yeah. Even with even with an outside software that they were using, I think it's like a thousand dollars a month they're using this software to, for better tracking and that software still couldn't really, really do it. Uh, wow. Yeah. By like, like high roast or something like that, I assume. Oh it's yeah. It's getting the Alex Becker thing. I'm not sure if it was that's yeah. El- Alex Becker's uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's his one. There's a few around that all do essentially the same thing. Cool. So overall strategy, awesome. I think maybe we should put an emphasis on this. Yeah. That, I don't know, do you agree that strategy is more important than the tactics of just like these little tweaks in your copy and your ad and stuff? Because we will get to this, but like what do you, yeah. what do you have to say about that? 100%. Strategy is like it's the most important thing. And I think prepping your business for Facebook ads before you start running them is is also part of this strategy question. So it's like one of the reasons why I say always go for warm traffic first Mm. is because what you want to do is build out a sales funnel, like a sales system so that you know, okay, somebody's going to join my email list. They're going to get this series of emails or see this series of content. Then they're going to get a pitch from me. You want to get a feel for those numbers. So you want to set that all up, Mm. get some people to go through that and get a feel for, okay, what's my conversion rate on this? Like what are my email open rates? What are my click-through rates? But most importantly, what percentage of the people that go through this sequence, however long it is, actually buy from me? Because without knowing that, uh, you can't improve it. And you really want to get traffic through it, improve it to the point where, you know, it's it's 80-20. Like you, yeah. you've done 80% of the work to improve that and now you're just doing small tweaks before you go out to cold traffic. And that's why I say start with the warm traffic first, meaning retargeting your existing website visitors. Maybe that's yeah. just retargeting the, the organic traffic getting from Google to start with because that's the cheap, they're the cheapest leads you're going to get. It's the lowest hanging fruit. They're the most likely to convert. So you can push those people through that funnel, get those baseline numbers, improve the sales funnel. And then when you go to cold traffic, you're not going to get absolutely hung out to dry because you figure out, oh, this, you know, 0.02% of people who go through this funnel actually convert. Therefore, I would need to be buying 50 cent leads, which is unheard of now in order to be profitable. And then you're back to square one. So that's why this strategy is so important. You kind of build out your funnel, get the cheapest traffic possible through that first to kind of uh, work out what the, you know, what the key points are you need to focus on fixing. And then once you've improved that, then you go, okay, the next step in my strategy is to go out and do these things like promote content, bring in cold traffic and all the rest of it. Yeah, I really like that. And I kind of feel that when you are targeting 
traffic that's warm traffic that already is in your atmosphere um and in your circle there they already know who you are they already have a little bit more trust so i feel like you can make more you got more room for error in your sales copy in your ads and your offer and stuff like that and you can use them to sort of nail it down without having to having it to be absolutely perfect to get a conversion you can have a bit more room for error so that brings us to nailing down your ads and your copy what are some I don't know, some 80, 20 tips that you would give to somebody that's looking to, you know, start creating Facebook ads in terms of video copy and and, uh, offer? Yeah, good question. So, yes, you're 100% right when you say it's more forgiving when you go to warm traffic because now um, the most important thing now with Facebook ads is the creative, like the, the image or the video and the copy that you put in your ad. We used to live in a world where Facebook ads were so good because of the granular targeting you could do. Like you could target so specifically and, Mm. you know, you could get in front of the exact right person at the exact right time. It was, you know, it was great. Different world now. Now we kind of go broader with our targeting. We go much, much broader. Often we don't even target anyone. We just say open audience. You know, I just want to target males age 30 plus in Australia. Um, And so most of the targeting and everything happens with our image or our video and our copy in the ad. So, mm. super important that we that we get that right. A few things, I think, like based on that and the reason I sort of set that up like that was because kind of sh- just so I can show how important that is because your targeting is done with the ad itself, right? Which means you need to, Speak one, to be them. specific yeah. <laughs> uh, and two, be uniquely appealing to your particular target audience. The last thing you want to be. So that's the first thing I say is don't be too broad. Like you want to you want to create things. So tip with the creative. Use visuals that appeal specifically to your target audience, meaning things that only your target audience will recognize. So what's an example? So yeah, okay, let's say just having Bitcoin in your image or it's like 100%. Or yeah. let's say, you know, you're targeting people who are interested in growing online businesses or buying online businesses. Maybe you've got a Google Analytics screenshot with a chart, the chart's flatlining and then it spikes all of a sudden in the yeah. middle and you've got a little circle on it and you go change yeah. made here, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. The average person doesn't know what Google Analytics looks like. They've got no idea. But yeah. somebody who's really in that world yeah. looks at that and goes, oh, man, like what did they change, right? Mm-hmm. Instant interest in that particular ad. Mm. So that's the first thing. Like try to think of visuals, whether you're using images or video Mm. try to think of things that are visually appealing to your specific audience and not to you know the the entire world Mm. um that's the first thing so because that's going to help with your targeting only only people who are interested in that are going to engage and therefore facebook is going to show your ad to more people like those who are engaging it's kind of a snowball effect other things you can do with visuals when you're looking at either video or images is you need to make it look native so everybody has this tendency and initial kind of, they go down this path of, I want to create these beautiful looking ad images and I'll get them designed by a designer and they'll, you know, look stunning and they'll have all these different, you know, things, I don't know, design things going on in them. But it's the easiest way to stand out as an ad. Like if you scroll through your Facebook feed, you can pick most ads subconsciously without even kind of having to think about it. Yeah. Because they look like ads. They just, they stand out. Yeah. Um, so the best ads that we've got running at the moment are all like selfies or, you know, really casual type of photos or. This is um, so opposite to what it used to be five years ago, right? Total opposite. Yep. So like I said, those screenshots that I just showed, they work really well still because they're so hyper specific. And so many but people if, just post organic posts about screenshots of like yep. that, right? Yeah. Exactly. 
Exactly. Like literally what I just said, you could get your phone and hold it in front of Google Analytics and take a uh, photo Mm. and then use that as your ad, you know, um, stuff like that. Because people, they call it banner. Sorry? People don't want to be sold to. (laughs) Don't want to be sold to. And it's like banner blindness. So half the time people skip past those ads that look a lot like ads Mm. without, they're not thinking about it consciously. It just happens because their brain has been trained to like filter out the ads. Yeah. Exactly. And so you get around that by actually just using visuals that don't, that look like what their friends are posting, basically, Mm. not, Mm. uh, not other stuff. So that's the other tip I'll give you on creative. Amazing. Copy. So with the copy, there's a few things you can do. So again, you can call people out specifically, like calling out that audience, you know, hey, I don't know, if you're a plumber in Canberra, (laughs) hyper specific, right? Yeah, hyper specific. Kind of, again, though, that, that's what people's gut reaction is when I say, be very specific in, in calling out your audience. But the problem with that, again, is screams ad. Like anything that says calling all, you know, X in Y or yeah, calling yeah. all X who do Are it's you like, this type of person? It's like right. screams sales copy. Exactly, exactly. Rather and than so, just saying, oh, my, my mate who's a plumber did this yeah. in Canberra, which is more organic. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or stories. Yeah, stories are great. Like you said, my mate who did this or or I who did, you know, I did this and this is what happened. So like, you know, another one's like, oh, you want to get fit in 2023? Sure. That could be a good headline for an ad, but it screams like, I'm about to sell you my fitness program. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or if you just say something like, uh, I tried this training schedule that helped me improve my uh, VO2 max by 50% in, in 60 days. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's something where it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I might, you know, what's he talking about? Yeah. Um, so try to try to call people out, but do it in a way that's more like story based or a bit mm. more, uh, a bit more of a, a creative approach to it that, that makes it interesting versus uh, very clearly sales copy. Um, now that's, so that's for things like headlines. When we're talking copy, one of the things I really like to do is open. So let's just, for anyone listening who's not familiar with a Facebook ad, you've basically got the, uh, main body copy at the top of the ad. This is on, on desktop or on mobile. You've got an image or a video below that, and you've got the headline below that. Um, so your main body copy is the long part, can be as long as you want, basically. Uh, you've got image or video, and the headline is just a short one-liner. So we just talked about the headline. Mm. If we talk about the main body copy in an ad, when you first see an ad, you can only see like two or three lines to start with, and you've got to click a little read more button uh, to see the rest. On Instagram, you get to see like, two lines if that's mm. like a sentence mm. before you've got to click it so that's if you're 80 20 in your ad copy that's where i like to really spend a lot of my time yeah. because my goal is i need to get people to click that read more button so i've got those first three lines in an ad to uh, to get them to click that read more if they don't click it then the rest of what i write if i write two thousand words underneath that doesn't matter mm-hmm. right so really heavily focusing on that and the, the best way i've found to do it at the moment is Say something that's a little bit, uh, try and think of something that's specific to your industry that's a little bit of a uh, contrarian viewpoint or a little bit of an uh, um, alternate view to what most people have. So yeah. if you can say something that kind of pushes back against the, the status quo or the norm or the kind of ingrained patterns of thinking, mm. then that really builds curiosity and gets people to go, hang on a minute, like, you know, what's this guy talking about? I'm going to click read more. Yeah, so like you can do buy, that. Don't buy an online business with a low multiple. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, uh, 
yeah, things like that are perfect. Like, yeah. you know, um, cause people are like, hang on, low multiple means cheaper business. I want to get a good business cheap. Yeah, exactly. You know, don't buy an online business that's, uh, that's got 80% profit margins. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stuff like that. Really good. Uh, and then, you know, what that does, it, it, it creates a, uh, a positive feedback loop with the Facebook ad algorithm as well. Mm. So Facebook are looking at engagement rates on ads because they want to show ads. Like the main goal of Facebook they is They want engagement. Yeah, they want people they want to engagement. longer. It's engaging. They don't want to annoy their users. They want to show the ads that people actually like more often. They want to like if an ad is good that, and Facebook says, oh, lots of people are engaging with this, they're going to show that ad more often at a lower cost. You, you'll yeah. win more auctions. Mm. Um, so it's that feedback loop. If you can get lots of people clicking that read more button, then Facebook says, oh, okay, people are interested in this ad and you'll see your ad costs come down as well. So not only will you see more people clicking, more people reading, more people clicking your link, but you'll also see your CPMs drop as well, mm. uh, which is cost per thousand impressions because of that extra engagement. So that's kind of, they're my kind of big key tips for each element of an ad, I would say. That's awesome. There's one thing that I might bring up about call to action well, I, I was on a, uh, I just went out um, with a bunch of business owners on a boat, sort of Christmas party thing the other week. And uh, one of the guys, he's a, he runs Facebook ads as well. And um, they've been testing, you know, they, they'll do similar to like six to seven figure spend uh, a month for some of the creators. And they were testing different call to actions instead of like join now, he'd have claim now because people feel like it's already, you know, they've already got something they just need to claim it um, yeah rather than like oh i need to go over this bigger hurdle which is join with the call to actions and it doesn't just need to be like the two words like get now or apply here or something like that mm -hmm. that last little bit in the ads i think is it is it the headline that you, you're calling it the headline yeah, yeah. yep the headline okay. yep so do you have a call to action in the headline as well? I usually won't put a call to action in the headline. There's a little bit below the headline. They call it the link text description or something. Yeah, yeah. It goes like just below. Yeah. I'll put it in there. Okay. Like it goes underneath the headline. It's a tiny little bit. So I'll put like, you know, and it's just something very simple. Like uh, let's say we're promoting a, a due diligence checklist for buying an online business. I would mm. say, you know, click here to to make sure you don't get caught buying a, you know, buying yeah. a, a bad yeah. online business or something, you know, yeah. something like that to kind of reaffirm. Cool. So I won't just say click here to download now. I'll yeah. say click here too, and then I'll link it in with something that's reaffirming their decision. So yeah. as, a, as a positive thing and, and linking the benefit with it. Yeah. Wow. See, I don't run Facebook ads or Instagram ads and it's, it's, um, it's, it's interesting to see how much it's changed in the last five years. It's like, like you said, yeah. it's totally opposite, which is why people really need to be across this stuff, right? Yep. Um, yeah, there's still a lot of old content around online too. So a lot of people sort of get down that rabbit hole, read that older stuff and they're trying to do that and it just, just yeah. doesn't work anymore. And that's why it's valuable to work with somebody that's in the space doing it every day like you is, you know, mm -hmm. you're testing with a lot of ad budget. And I think that's where most people get wrong or what they get wrong as a beginner as well is they go, I oh, cool, I've got like two, three grand. I'm going to start running some Facebook ads just to test it out or just to, you know, but when they do that, they don't realize that two to three grand is that they're hoping to get an ROI on it straight away. Whereas yes. that two to three grand is what I've told a lot of people is that two to three grand is just basically an experiment to buy data. And the more money you spend, the more data you get. And the more data you get, the better decisions you can, ma you can make for your business, which helps you to get better conversion rates. So a lot of people think that it's like, 
or I want to see if these ads work for me at the start and they don't and then they give up, which is like the worst time to give up, right? When they've just bought data and they don't know what to do with it yet. <laughs> totally, totally. I did a little bit of content on this recently, actually. All right. And that was spot on with like pretty much the message I was, I was saying, which is I go into ads with one of two mindsets and it's either one, I'm going in to buy data. Like I don't expect to make a profit. You know, mm. if it's a brand new offer, it's a brand new sales funnel, it's a brand new lead magnet, whatever. I go in and I spend that first couple of grand with the mindset of like, I'm going to put these people through. I'm going to see what the data points tell me and, and what I can learn from that. Mm. And then I'm going to, you know, work on improving those things and, and go again. I have zero expectation of any return. Or the second mindset is if I've got something that's well established, then I'm going in with the mindset of, okay, I know my average revenue per lead is $10. Yeah. I need to go into Facebook ads now and acquire leads for, you know, if my goal is 200% return on ad spend, I need to acquire a lead for $5 or less. That's my mindset. I'm going in to do that. Mm. And my expectation is profitability. But they're two very, very different things. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mentioned before that I don't run, I don't run Facebook ads or Instagram ads. My uh, account got shut down a couple of years ago and just couldn't get it back. And I wanted to talk about that. It's pretty common still, right? That ad accounts get shut down. Is this due to some landing page? Like, what are some of the reasons that that they do get shut down these days? I know mine was um, just too many disapproved ads, and I changed things too many times. And they're like, look, dude, you just and I'm in the make money online space as well. It's highly scrutinized too. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are doing some sh some shady stuff. So it's fair. Yeah. Is there is there some common things that you're seeing that are getting people kicked off? It tends to come in waves. Like mm. I don't know why, what happens at Facebook, whether they make a change to their automated algorithm that flags and shuts down accounts and then it just kind of goes nuts or- Well, I've noticed that because when one, when I find out either- I've been kicked off twice, got back on once, and yep. both times it happened to like, I don't know, 40% of people running ads. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 That's what I find. Like, I'll get, you know, we'll get one client who'll get an ad account shut down, then I'll get another one or two, you know, within a few days. Yeah. And it's like, what's, you know, we've had two years of nothing, and then all of a sudden we've got, you know, three that have gone down. Is it like because your some... email is affiliated with those ad, ad accounts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then the others are fine. Yeah. See? So, that's like, so it's weird, like what's right? going like, on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they just, it's an algorithmic thing or they do a sweep. I, I don't know. But the most common things are, as you said, like it's ad rejections. Like if you, especially, so they have a, they have a, they've mentioned this before Facebook themselves. They've got some sort of measure of account health. So mm. they keep track of like, and this is internal measure, they don't share it, but they do keep track of ad account health, meaning mm. how essentially how trustworthy is this ad account? How long have they been advertising for? How many ads have been rejected? Uh, how many, you know, how many of their ads or how many times are they getting their ads marked as spam or marked as hide all, you know, people saying, don't show me these ads again. Um, which is negative feedback on ads. Mm. So how much negative feedback are they getting? All of these different factors then play in and it seems to be like once your account health hits a certain threshold, it's it's bang. So if you're a new account, for example, and there's no trust there, your account health is basically a neutral kind of position mm. and then you get a bunch of ads rejected, uh, you know, and, and it could just be, you know, five, five ads rejected. Mm. That can be enough to trigger it sometimes because you're starting at a point of, well, we don't know you yet. We're at a neutral kind of position at the moment. 
you've just had five ads rejected. Mm, things look a bit shady. You've only been around for a week. Yeah. Shut down. It seems to be things like that. And then, the, you know, the other most common one is, so uh, before I jump to the next thing, the, the most com the, the best way to sort of approach that is just start slow. If you're just starting out with a brand new ad account, start slow. When you first set up your ads, if you're running to a brand new landing page, I would just start with one ad or a couple of ads to that landing page, even one. Run it for a couple of days. Make sure it gets approved. Make sure it runs for a couple of days because sometimes things get approved and then for whatever reason, their algorithm checks it and it gets rejected. So let it run for a day or two. Make sure that that's all good and then go and start the rest of your ads running to that landing page because if you've got a problem with the landing page and you start running 10 brand new ads, then all those ads go bang, 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 rejected yeah. in one hit. Yeah. And that that's not a good look. So if you start with one, you know, you just kind of go, okay, this is good. We're approved. Let's let's start the rest of our ads. And you can ap- apply the same approach with ads. If you've got, you know, 10 different sets of ad copy that you want to test, uh, I would start, you know, gradually start with two or three, make sure they're approved and running, start with the next two or three, make sure that, because again, if there's a problem and you they're get- They're all gone. They're all gone. more triggers to- Totally. Bring down your account health. Um, And just cleaning up old ads too. So what I've noticed is Facebook will change their algorithms uh, in terms of their, you know, algorithms for checking uh, for compliance. They'll go back and catch old ads. So we've had ads that have been off for 12 months or more in a client account. And then all of a sudden I get, you know, 10 emails with just your ads being rejected, your ads been, and I think, oh no, you know, everything's going to be, our, our campaigns are all yeah. going to be paused with what's going on. And I go in and I look and I'm like, everything's fine. What, what's it talking about? And it's they've rejected ads from 12 months ago that have been turned off for a long, long time. And for whatever reason, they've just been scanned over again and policies changed in the last 12 months. Therefore, now they're non-compliant. They get rejected. So again, just deleting those old ads can can avoid a lot of that too. Okay. So deleting the old ads, even though there's sometimes data data there. Yeah, I, I know. I used to say never delete old ads. And that's another thing that's changed. Now I kind of go, you know, I'll keep six to 12 months maybe. Mm. Um, but anything that's older, I'll delete it yeah. purely because, I mean, 12 months, the yeah. data, the value of the data at 12 months plus is kind of questionable anyway, because so much changes in that period of time. It's like, mm. well, is that still valid today? So I would just be kind of thinking about it like that. That's a really um, good point. That's a really, really good point. Yeah, because, okay. you know, Facebook ads, 12 months ago, totally different. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing in terms of ad rejections is it's it's your market, as you said. Like if you're in the online business or any kind of business opportunity space, mm. difficult, weight loss can be done, uh, but it's difficult. There's certain sectors that are just yeah. very, very picky uh, yeah. in terms of in terms of ad rejections. Andrew, this has been such a great chat. Where can we send people to find out more about you and what you're doing for your clients? Because it sounds like you've just, yeah, you've got it dialed. Yeah, so uh, best place to find me in terms of content, YouTube. So if you just go to YouTube, search my name, Andrew Hubbard, you'll find my channel there. Um, that's where I'm pumping out most of the content at the moment. And then in order to find, you know, the rest of my stuff, uh, like working with me and all that kind of thing, andrewhubbard.co is the best place to find me for that. Awesome, guys. There'll be links to those in the show notes. Check him out on YouTube. Those of you who are listening, thank you so much for listening and we'll speak to you on another episode. Thank you.